Well, hello there, everybody in listener land, and welcome to the April edition of the Yearbooking Report podcast. If this is your first go-around, welcome. Great to have you. My name is Scott Geezy. I have been a Jostens yearbook representative for the last 21 years, so I've been around the block a few times. But I've been involved with journalism and media since I was in high school, which goes back nearly four decades now. Um, well, maybe a jack-of-all-trades of sorts. I've done writing, I've done radio, I've done television, I've done web, I've done yearbook now. Um, I've been sort of in all facets of storytelling, in front of the mic, behind the mic, in front of the camera, behind the camera, at the keyboard, all that sort of stuff. And I do it because I enjoy storytelling. And of course, our yearbook is a primary storytelling source. And boy, oh boy, for this year, for this year, absolutely positively. So we're going to do our episode here a little differently. In the past, of course, if you're a regular listener, we always have some feature interview on a particular topic. For this go-around, it's just me. We're going to share a lot of information. I hope you find it valuable. Ideas, inspiration, some opinions, and later on, a look to the future, because there is no doubt that after weeks and weeks of this, and who knows how many more weeks we're going to deal with, the world has changed in many different ways. Schools have changed, education has changed, and what I call yearbooking, I think also must change to go along with it. The way we've always, you know, kind of put together yearbooks, what goes in them and so on, I think a lot of that has to go to the wayside now. And we need to innovate because of what we've been forced into, innovate into a new direction. Your books aren't going away. Oh, no, no, no. Are you kidding? Years and decades from now, people are going to remember this spring of 2020. Oh, yes. But they're going to forget a lot of stuff. That's where the yearbook always comes into play. And I don't care what electronic gadget comes out next week. That's not going to change. But we'll have more on that coming up in just a little bit. Let's start with this. I'm going to assume that at least we have some students listening to the podcast this go-around. And hopefully you know by now that nothing like this has ever happened before. I mean, not even close. I've seen some comparisons in media where they kind of compare this to, say, like World War II. And, of course, the country was all into World War II from 1941 to 1945, and we were all invested back then, and everybody was pitching in to do their part. And, of course, soldiers went overseas and such. And some folks have tried to combine or, or equate what we're, what we're going through now with that, and I don't see the equation uh, for an, a number of reasons. First off, keep in mind that, yes, in World War II, we were – all in there, you know, what we call the greatest generation. My parents were part of that generation. But we were very fortunate here in America. The war never hit us. Yes, we had Pearl Harbor, but that was out in the middle of the Pacific. It never hit us. It devastated Europe. It devastated parts of Asia and some other places. It never hit us. This virus thing we've been dealing with for weeks now is hitting us. And, of course, nearly every other corner of the globe so the World War II comparison, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm not seeing that. Some folks like to point back to 9-11. Now, for students listening, of course, that was 19 years ago. And if we're talking about high school, middle school students, whatever, that's before you guys were even born. 
But for those of us that can remember that time, it was a very scary time. It was. There was a lot of uncertainty in that time. And it's interesting, whenever there's a cataclysmic event, people always remember where they were when they got the news. Folks who are old enough, much older to remember, uh, when President Kennedy was assassinated in November of 1963, a lot of older folk can say, yeah, I can remember where I was when I heard the news. If you can somehow go way, way, way back for those folks who are, you know, in their 90s probably or something by now, they can remember where they were when they heard about Pearl Harbor. I mean, as they can remember. Now, with 9-11, I remember where I was. I was in my car. This was on a Tuesday, September 11, 2001. I even remember it was on a Tuesday. I'm driving. I live in Pennsylvania. I'm driving west on Interstate 80. I'm heading to a school that morning to meet with a principal. And it was about 8.45, 9 o'clock, and I get a phone call. Now, granted, cell phones back then were really clunky compared to even what we have now, and I was driving safely. But I get a phone call from somebody from Jostens who had some information to give me. And at the end of the conversation, this person, I believe, was from Kansas. And they said, hey, I'm sorry to hear about what happened this morning. And I'm thinking, okay, my radio's not on. What, what, what are you talking about? Somehow this lady somehow thought I lived somewhere near New York. I'm actually hours away from New York. You know, that plane that hit the building. And I remember uh, at the beginning, we thought it was an accident. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay, thank you. Goodbye. Turned on my radio. And by that point, the second plane had hit. And it became very obvious that this was no accident. And I'm driving along listening to this in disbelief. And I get to this school. And I go into the principal's office. And he has a television on in his office. And, of course, news coverage. And we started to kind of talk about our subject. And it was at that point that the towers began to fall. And you could see this on television. And at that point, the principal and I looked at each other and we sort of said, let's pick this up another time. And I said to him, I think I'm just going to go home. And so the other visits I had scheduled for that day, I just like, forget it. I canceled them and drove home. That was a very traumatic week. A um, lot of uncertainty, but after about a week, things really got back to normal. Uh, you know, we didn't have to stand six feet apart and all. We didn't have to wear a mask and all that stuff. We kind of get back to normal. This is very different. And as I'm recording this here in April, we have no idea how long this is going to stretch. I've seen one prediction from somebody at Harvard that we may not get back to so-called normal until 2022. Now, folks, that's nearly two years from now. I sure hope that person's wrong. But there's no doubt in my mind, this has now become the most historic year in school history ever. And so that makes this 2020 yearbook or, you know, a fall book or a supplement, whatever, the most historic in school history. And again, years from now, people are going to remember this spring, no doubt. They're going to remember the national numbers, the international numbers, the politics, and all that stuff. What they're going to start to forget is the little things happening in a school or a town or an area. 
that people are going to forget about, you know, the little things. And we're going to share some ideas as we go along here, but hopefully your group is already doing this. You're gathering stories from your neighborhood to put into maybe your fall yearbook or your spring supplement or on social media or whatever other outlets you might have. Hopefully you're doing this because years and decades from now, that's what our readers are going to want. They're going to reach for the 2020 yearbook thinking, oh yeah, I remember 2020. And if they go through that yearbook and they don't see anything at all about this virus or a supplement or they see nothing, think about that. They're going to they're gonna feel a little cheated, aren't they? Yes. So hopefully your group is already doing this. This is an opportunity to tell some amazing stories that would never be told before. Not about events and groups, but ideas about people. And that's what a yearbook really should be, stories about people. We've suddenly discovered that events and groups can be canceled. This season, that season, this event, that event. Yep, out they go. But people will never be canceled. And so one of my thoughts for the future is a lot of yearbook staffs, especially at the high school level, will hopefully switch from just the same old, same old, this event, that event, this club, this group, so on. Much more about, okay, we have this, this season, but what about the stories of that season? The people involved. What happened to them? So that years from now, no matter what happens, if it's weather, if it's another virus, whatever it is, school is disrupted, we can say, all right, that got canceled, but we have these stories over here that are worth telling and reporting and remembering. Hopefully that change happens. We'll have more on that coming up in just a little bit. Now, hopefully you've done a lot of this stuff already. We're going to throw out some, some quick notes. I know, unfortunately, that there are a lot of yearbook advisors out there that are essentially working alone. They're working all by themselves. If they had a staff, the staff has melted away, disappeared, mainly because of a lack of organization. And hopefully that will be a big change for the future. Much better organized yearbook staffs. If you think about a hierarchy, you know, you draw one on a chalkboard or something. The great majority of yearbook staffs, their hierarchy is really simple. It's advisor and then everybody. And the advisor just kind of orders everybody, do this, do this, do that. Not the best organization, to be frank. And so hopefully more of an editorial idea. Let's get your students involved in leadership and decision-making. It shouldn't all come from the yearbook advisor. They have enough to do, don't you? Yes, you do. You've got your regular teaching job and your family and all this other stuff. Instead, what I have noticed in my travels, for those yearbook staffs that are well-organized where students are put into, say, editorial roles and leadership and decision-making roles, Almost invariably, those are better organized groups. They're better at getting their work done on time. They have better looking yearbooks because we have invested in the students. Hey, this is your yearbook. You need to lead it. Teach them the basic skills, get them organized, and then essentially just cut them loose. Hopefully that is a change for a lot of schools for the future. Now, what about recruiting? Well, Recruiting for next year's staff has suddenly become quite the challenge, hasn't it? Yeah, we're not going to do it the way we've always done it because we don't know when we're going back to school at this point in many, many places. So some quick thoughts for advisors. First off, you need some new people. Email fellow faculty members, English teachers, maybe any teachers, 
and say, hey, we're looking for recommendations for next year's yearbook staff, but then follow up by saying, here's what we're looking for. We're looking for kids who are self-starters. We don't need to constantly prod and push them into doing their work. They're willing to grab the work and do it. They're willing to be hard workers. All right, they realize, hey, this is not some fluff job. This is something that's going to be around for life, and I need to put my best effort into it. Hard workers. We're looking for dependable students, not ones that make promises and then break them. We're looking for kids that we can really count on because it's that important. Yeah, it would be nice if we had some kids that can at least write half decently. If it's uh, body copy or captions or whatever, at least they got some half-decent writing skills. Or maybe they're really good with a camera. They love taking photos, and the teacher knows that. Recruit your staff next year. I know there are a lot of schools. Unfortunately, yearbook is all comers. Anybody can sign up for yearbook. And most kids do because they think, I don't have to work here. I'm going to get an easy A in this class. I won't have to do anything. I can screw around and sleep or or you know, chat with my friends and waste time. No. Hopefully, if you're in that situation, you now have the ammunition to go to administration to say, we can't do it that way anymore. <laughs> no, can't do it that way anymore. And here's why. And all we have to do is look at this spring in a lot of cases to say, okay, that didn't work. Let's see what we can do. So advisors, get some recommendations from your fellow faculty members. Take those recommendations. If you have some key students already, Again, those editor roles we're talking about. Start doing some online meetings if you haven't already. You know, Zoom, the flavor of the month, or Skype, or FaceTime, or Google, or Microsoft. There's a lot of them out there. And start meeting with your groups and start discussing. Here's who we have. Maybe have these editor kids reach out to people that you think would be good candidates. Sort of a second rung of membership. And do a little bird dogging there. Maybe do some remote interviews with kids that have an interest in being on yearbook staff next year. You have some type of an interview with them online. Ask them some basic questions. See what they have to say. Try to feel them out like, yeah, that kid might be pretty good. And then once you sort of build your staff over these next number of weeks, of course, you have a big online meeting again with the group to say, okay, guys, it's time to launch. And you have your staff. This doesn't have to be done in person. You can do this sort of stuff remotely. But it's step number one. Step number two, then, of course, once you have the group together, let's start thinking about next year. Now, no, we don't have to make any pages yet. That, we got gobs of time for that. We do have to organize. We have to organize, of course, who's doing what. How are we going to organize our group? Editorial staff. Um, if you'd like something interesting to look up, if you've never heard of this, uh, you can uh, do a web search for something usually called the Maestro Method. And it's an interesting method of organization where instead of a kid essentially doing everything, I'm going to write, I'm going to work on the computer, I'm going to take pictures, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Instead, it's more of a specialization idea. You've got a kid on your new staff that's a really good writer. This kid loves to write and they're good at it. Okay, bam, you're a writer. Now you're going to do writing maybe in sports, maybe in student life, maybe in the senior section. You're going to write in different places, but primarily you're going to write. You have this other kid. They're really good with a, with a camera. They're a good photographer. They've got the eye. They're willing to try new ideas and angles and stuff like that. Okay, Joey, you're a photographer. Sometimes you'll be covering sports. Sometimes you'll be covering maybe newsy stuff. Sometimes you'll be covering homecoming. You're a photographer. You have another kid. They really are good on the computer. Okay, you're a designer. 
that's what you are, and maybe one or two other roles in there. And follow that idea instead of the everybody does everything role. Ultimately, advisors, of course, it's up to you. But keep that in mind. It's called the maestro method. Do a little online searching and you can get some more ideas on how that works. Now, by the way, if you need ideas, our Justin's Yearbook Avenue blog has a ton of them, and our folks are constantly adding to them all the time now. Now, here's the address. You want to write this down. It's blog.yearbookavenue.jostens.com slash blog. Yeah, it's in there twice. All right, one more time. blog.yearbookavenue.jostens.com slash blog. If you are doing online learning right now, like so many folks are doing, and your yearbook group needs some online learning materials, bam, right in the blog section. It's, in fact, I think it's the first thing that pops up on the screen. There are lessons you can use and download and so on. And by the way, uh, for folks that maybe don't work with Jostens, uh, the blog is open for anybody. Anybody can go to our blog. You don't, need some, you don't need a special login or anything. You can go in there, check out the stuff, along with a whole host of other materials. Now, over these last number of weeks, we've seen some really good story coverage in a lot of your books out there about this situation we're in, which is terrific. That's awesome. Now, again, we can kind of break this up into two parts. There's the national look or maybe the international look at what's going on right now. Personally, I'm a little more interested, again, in the local look. Years from now, we're always going to have those national or international stories. Very rarely or hard to find will be those local stories, things about your school, your students and faculty, and what they're doing right now, how they're dealing with this, or uh, your town, or your neighborhood, your area, how they're reacting to this. Now, God forbid, I hope this doesn't happen, but somebody in your group somehow gets this virus and, of course, fingers hugely crossed, they, they get through it and everything's okay and so on. There's a story there. There's a story there. Why not tell it in the yearbook? A lot of folks would probably be really interested in reading about that. Uh, handle it carefully, of course, but... That's the kind of storytelling we're really looking for. And then other kinds. For instance, I have a friend, a local friend. He has two teenage daughters who right now, I, I think they still are, are working at a local grocery store as a part-time job to make money for themselves. And my friend kind of confided, I'm a little nervous, you know, they're working at the store and people are coming in. And I, I said, I'm sure they're being very safe and the distancing thing, and I'm sure that, that everything's gonna be just fine. But there's a story there. Students who have been working through this unique time, what stories can they tell? I know a lot of high schools out there they have at least one kid, maybe more than one, they're volunteer firefighters locally, you know, at the firehouse down the street or across town or something like that. That's essential. They've been, I assume, going out on calls. Imagine some of the stories they could tell right now. Maybe somehow students, I don't know if this is, maybe not students, maybe more their parents who work at healthcare facilities. Imagine what they've been going through right now and the stories they could tell, including, frankly, maybe some not sad, not great stories. Those kinds of stories, 
locally based. Work on those. Find ways to get those maybe in your fall yearbook, your spring supplement, or elsewhere, and you'll be really telling the stories of this historic spring. We'll get back to more of this somewhat interesting yearbooking report podcast episode coming up in just a little bit. Now, we sort of talked there about organizing and starting to get ready for next year and so on. And for Johnston Schools especially, we have a very special event coming up in May that I've been actually waiting for for a very long time. And it's interesting, it takes a crisis or an extreme situation to kind of push us in this direction. So that's cool. I like this. We have our terrific folks that we call CAMs, Creative Accounts Managers, and also some folks we call Jostens Ambassadors. These are veteran yearbook people. We have, if I recall, a half dozen of these folks, and if you added up their combined experience, it would be well over a century. These folks really know their stuff. Now, in the past, these folks uh, have always done what we usually call premieres, a spring premiere. And the idea is we're premiering for next year. And you'd have to go somewhere, a host school, a hotel, some big place or something, and probably pay a little money uh, to attend this thing. But it helps you get started for next year. Great ideas and inspiration and so on. Well, of course, this year we can't do that, can we? No. But we are now going to do it live online at least the first three weeks of May. And for Jostens folks, if somehow you haven't heard about this yet, absolutely contact your Jostens representative. Say, hey, give me some details about this CAM event in May because it's all going to be about getting your new group going, organized, started, great ideas, looking ahead to 2021, live online, and it's free. I like that word, and so do you. Okay? So there's going to be live online webinars at various points. They're going to have, I think, what they call office hours periodically, where you can kind of uh, match up with uh, one of our terrific folks and, you know, toss some questions out there and so on. This is going to be a terrific event. I've been waiting for this online for a long time, and now, boom, here it comes. If you are a non-Jostin school and you're listening, I believe there might even be a way for you to take part in this. But what you need to do, again, is contact your Jostin's representative, Say, hey, give me some details here. Give me some links. What do I have to do? And when it's all set up and ready to go, they can plug you in, and then you can be part of this. And again, remotely from your home, your home office, uh, and so on. Your editors, uh, you know, top students can be involved with this as well. So be on the lookout. This is going to be a fantastic event, which I can't wait to, to see what they do with it. Our Jostin's online event for our CAMs coming up through the month of May. So stay tuned for more on that. Okay, let's get back at this as we share some more uh, ideas and maybe inspiration on what to do right now and as we look ahead to the future and eventually your 2021 yearbooking effort. And we talked about telling stories. And again, there are so many stories, fresh new stories out there to tell about this situation we're in that people are going to want to read about when it comes out, if it's the summer, fall, whenever it is. And then years from now, they're going to pull that book off the off the shelf and or supplement whatever's in there. And they're going to remember, oh yeah, that spring of 2020, man, was that crazy. Wow. 
All right, they're going to want to read unique stories, and there are so many of them out there. Let's share some very quickly. And hopefully you're doing some of this already. I've noticed online a lot of schools doing virtual spirit weeks. All right, especially high schools, but I've seen some middle schools too. Virtual spirit weeks. Now, I think everybody does a spirit week, and it's usually a week. It's five days, and each day is assigned to something. You know, red color day, or uh, twin day, or something like that. School spirit day and such. Okay, that's great. We're all stuck at home, and frankly, we could all use a good morale boost, right? So hopefully your school's already done virtual spirit weeks, but here's the deal. Weeks, plural, not week, singular. Week is an old idea. We're all stuck at home. We all need a boost. How about weeks? Because we don't know how long this is going to go. Long time. And so there are so many different kinds of ideas out there. I'll just throw out some here really fast, all right? Now, some of these you probably do. Pajama day. I've seen that one. Hat day. Sock day. Sports jersey day. I've, I've seen those. Maybe we need to change it up a little bit. How about TV binge day? And don't tell me folks haven't been doing that. Of course they have. What's their favorite show? And they get some picture to you of them watching their favorite binge show. Yummy food day. I bet we have some aspiring new cooks out there in various kitchens. And maybe they've made some uh, yummy new food and they're willing to show it off with a picture and a little story. Maybe backyard day. Yes, people of uh, pictures of people having fun outside out, out of their house in the backyard, playing with their pet or something. There you go, pet day. Uh, can't bring your pet to school, can you? But you can do a pet day as part of a virtual spirit week. Um, doing actual schoolwork day. And I've heard some, in some cases, horror stories out there about students not exactly doing this online learning thing. I would not want to be an administrator right now. Oh, my. They've got to make, I think, follow-up phone calls to parents to say, come on, Junior needs to get started. Come on. I wouldn't want that job for anything. But anyway, doing actual schoolwork day. Selfie day. Come on. Everybody likes taking selfies, right? There we go. Uh, video game day. I bet those have been getting a serious workout over the weeks. All right. Pictures of people playing video games. Board game day. I bet we've had increased interest in board games because we've got to do something stuck at home. Cleanup day. Yes. Pictures of students cleaning up their room. Now, you're laughing like, seriously, it's happening. Why not have a day for that? that, that that's a good thing. All right. Favorite book day. Hopefully we've had an increase in reading. And so students can maybe take a picture of themselves posing with their favorite book right now. And maybe some little quote or a little story. I'm reading this book and here's why I like it. That sort of thing. There's a whole host of these. Here's a particular idea. What I've noticed over the years of doing this is that every town or area, there's something unique there that you can't find in the next town or the next city or the next area. Something unique to that place, maybe multiple things. Tie this in somehow to whatever is unique in your area. You have some um, outcropping or you have some uh, uh, place uh, that people can go safely uh, and so on. Or, or there's some uh, special thing that your town does 
uh, every April or May and so on. Maybe this year they're not doing it, but now they're doing an online version somehow. Well, tell that story maybe as part of a virtual spirit week or weeks. Now, depends on your school, I guess. At some schools, the student council is usually in charge of spirit week. Maybe it's just your front office is in charge of spirit week. And if they're doing it, you don't want to step on toes. But frankly, if they're maybe not doing it and they're not interested in doing it, maybe the yearbook staff could do some virtual spirit days and weeks. It would be a great way to boost morale, a great way to get fresh material, a great way to get cool pictures from who knows, all sorts of people, and collect some stories along the way. There you go. And of course, when we talk about stories, again, the list of stories out there is insane. There's a giant list of them if you just take some time to find them. For high schools, and this is what makes me feel badly about this spring, our class of 2020 seniors have been cheated. They've been cheated. They've been working toward their big year their entire lives. They finally get there and poof, the virus shows up. Now, hopefully there will be proms and there will be graduations. And for those folks who say they're going to wait till summer, hopefully wait this out so they can actually have physical events, a real prom, a real graduation. Hopefully that happens. Some folks are going to go the virtual route. They're going to have a virtual graduation ceremony. They're going to have even a virtual prom They've decided, you know, we can't take any chances to wait. We're just going to do things virtually. Again, our seniors have been cheated. What kind of good news stories can we get about them? One idea, very simply, for students that have been accepted into college is essentially they send you pictures of themselves, like a selfie, posing with their letter from the college saying, you're in, congratulations. It would be neat to see a page or a spread filled with those photos of happy seniors who are going to be going and matriculating on to the next level sometime here in the next, I would assume, few months. That would be an interesting story. Senior college plans. What do you plan to do when you go to school? Well, I'm going to this university and I'm going to plan to study this and I hope to do that. Tell those stories about those particular seniors. Of course, students are definitely the main focus of a yearbook, but hey, don't overlook the faculty and staff, what we call staffalty at Jostens. All right, they're involved with this too. I tell you what, we have discovered that there are a lot of hardworking teachers out there because they have now had to switch their curriculum from before to an online version, and they've essentially had to do it on the fly. For any of those adults and parents out there who have always thought, oh, teachers are overpaid, they don't earn their money, they only work nine months, that is all total bull, totally bull. And hopefully now, if parents are kind of watching over their kids' shoulders, they can see that, wow, these, these teachers really are working hard. They're doing everything they can do to make sure my kid gets an education. Yes, so teacher and staff stories, what are they doing at home during this break? How about this? Uh, all those so-called essential uh, jobs out there. We mentioned some of these earlier, healthcare facilities, grocery stores. What about delivery people? They've been, <laughs> you kidding? They've been super extra busy. I don't know, maybe somehow we work in some stories about the local UPS guy 
who has just been working his his shoe leather uh, leather off trying to deliver all these new boxes to people or maybe it's groceries depending on where you live and all that sort of stuff exercise stories hopefully people are doing that cooking stories we mentioned earlier binge watching movies television shows there are so many different story ideas out there to help document what's been going on here in this historic spring of 2020 now if somehow you're an advisor and you still have empty pages out there hopefully you know this ever since this shutdown started around the middle of march Jostin's folks have been putting together single-page and double-page spreads about all kinds of things, about this virus in different uh, facets. Uh, Jostin's has put together a very special four-page insert, very stylish, about this whole situation. Not about statistics and so on, because they change every day. It's all about how are students reacting to this situation. And they did some quick surveying from across the country. They have pictures, they have quotes, they have stories. It's really good. Jostin Schools, again, you can get this as a separate insert, or your Jostin's representative can get the page files of those four pages, maybe to put in your spring supplement, maybe to put in your fall yearbook so that you don't have to, you know, cut things and so on. Hey, we have an empty spot. We've got answers for that. So if you haven't heard about this already, absolutely contact your Jostin's representative and say, hey, what about those pages I've heard about? Can you get some of those to me? The answer is yes, they can. Just ask. They're all in there. Now, some folks have books to sell. Oh, come on. Everybody has books to sell, don't you? Yes. And it's kind of interesting how we sell your books. I think this is going to be one of those things that's going to change now, for many years, the number of sales that happen online has been steadily increasing. That hasn't changed. I think now it's going to spike. For all of those schools who traditionally have always sold books at the end, people just come up at the end when the books are in and they hand over their money and they get their book and so on. Obviously, this year, that's probably not going to happen so hopefully you're working with your representative to say, hey, we need to sell out our remaining allotment. I'm thinking about spring books here especially. We need to sell our remaining allotment. We're kind of stuck. Well, no, you're not stuck. The number one thing we need, if we don't have this already, we need email addresses from parents. Students, okay, but preferably parents. And I have to believe that every school district out there now has email addresses for parents. Because I think if a parent wants to go online to check their kids' grades and so on, somewhere in there an email address is needed. But I know that there are some schools, they are uber protective of that information. And we can understand why that is. There are some shysters out there, some bad apples, some bad operators. They get email information and then they misuse it. They sell it off to make money for themselves and other various things. They start bombarding people with five emails a day and all this other stuff. Yeah, we understand there are some bad apples out there. Jostens is not one of those. We have uh, documentation, if you like, on how we absolutely protect the privacy of email information. But think about it. Right now, if somehow we don't have email addresses for you, it's going to be a real struggle for you to sell your remaining books. Meanwhile, those schools where we do have information, email information for them, uh, in my particular case where I live and work, I already have a number of schools that are sold out for this year. I almost wish we had more books. We've sold them out. Why? Primarily because of 
email marketing, which has become more and more popular every single year. So if your Jostens representative contacts you about email information, hey, let's get this from the office, please do everything you can to help them out. Again, this email information is used for one thing only, to sell your yearbook. And if you're looking for the absolute best angle for selling out your remaining yearbooks, I think it's a pretty simple one. I mentioned this earlier. 2020 has now become the most historic school year ever in various different ways. You want to remember this 2020 school year, preferably, again, with those local angles included in there. You want to remember this for life because years from now, that local stuff will start to get forgotten. We want to remember it. We have it with our 2020 yearbook. You need to get one before we run out. Here's how you get one. And then you share the information on how to buy a book. That, in places where they have done that, book sales have just increased. It's been crazy because people want to own a part of history. Your yearbook is a part of history this year. So don't automatically say, oh, we can't sell those remaining books. Oh, just cut them. Oh, we can't do it. Yes, you can. Especially this year, this incredible spring. People want to get a copy of this year's book. We simply need to provide it for them. They won't be able to come up at the end and hand you money. We need to do it in advance. So please work with your representative, even if you are a non-Jostin school. Work with your representative on that angle to help sell whatever remaining books you have. Here's one more interesting facet about maybe selling more books and such. A lot of schools, of course, have had a lot of incidents or a lot of events canceled. Toast, gone. Meanwhile, there was money attached to those events. Maybe it's a senior trip. Maybe it's uh, some special event, field day or something, or other special events that they're, they're not going to be made up. Prom and graduation might be made up. These other events, abs, they're toast, they're done, never going to be made up. But there's this money sitting there. Hey, here's an idea, school. Can we have that money and maybe we'll purchase a book for every senior that didn't already get one to make sure they remember their historic senior year of 2020? Or it doesn't necessarily have to be seniors, maybe just students in general. Can we have that money to pay for the remaining allotment so that these kids are able to get a book? Perhaps you've already heard the unemployment statistics. And of course, in some places, they're horrible. Some folks are in a real tough bind, which means their kids are probably in a real tough bind. If you can get that excess money and help get them a book for their historic 2020 year, I think that's a fantastic use of that money instead of just letting it sit there, gather dust or get lost or something. So if you haven't already, maybe contact administration at your school to say, hey, do we have some of these funds doing nothing now? We have an idea on how to make really good use of them to help these kids who might not normally get a book get one. I've seen this idea work in a number of places across the country already this spring. You try it. Absolutely do it. Let's mention one more thing before we take another break. For Jostin schools out there, of course, you I think you already know that for next year, for our online users, we have our new layout pro creation tool ready to go. 
Now, our 2021 Yearbook Avenue websites aren't going to be activated for a little while. Hopefully sometime in May. It's possible it may get pushed into June because of the craziness this year and so on. But at some point, they'll all be turned on for everybody. However, for those spring books that are done, you're done with your book. Maybe you've noticed that on your 2020 Yearbook Avenue website, you have a new link there. Layout Pro. It's under the Create menu. You have a chance right now to start playing with this new tool. Get used to it. So you go to your website, Layout Pro. It opens up. Now, you're not going to work in your existing book, of course. That's finished. But what you can do is you can make a new practice page under File. Give it a name. It opens up. And you can start playing with the tools there. Now, right now, the basic tools are in place. Over the summer until the new school year starts, our tech folks will be adding in more tools, more functionality, and so on to get ready for the new year. But in the meantime, why not get used to things now? Your Jossens representative should have some uh, lessons and material that they can provide to you. There's one called Five Days of Layout Pro. All the basics are there about the new tool. In a sense, you could do a little teach yourself. Now, a number of Jossens representatives across the country are going to be doing more formal training on Layout Pro. Here in the spring, it's almost certainly going to be live online training. Maybe later on come summer, we can actually get out again and do physical workshops and more formal training, sitting down in a lab and so on. But the bottom line is there's no need to wait. If you're going to be a Layout Pro user, there's no need to wait until fall to get started. You can start playing with things right now. All right. If you need more information, of course, contact your Jossens representative. Okay, we'll get back to the final segment of our episode for April of the Yearbooking Report. We're going to look to the future, and I'm going to share some opinions. So stay tuned for that coming up in a bit. Now, we've mentioned here about getting organized for next year, your new group together and so on. At some point, if you folks normally do a custom design cover, you're going to need to get together with an artist to do that. And of course, physically, that's not going to happen. Not for quite a while, probably. But our Jostens artists, first off, are the best in the business, and they are spread out in various parts of the country. I'm a little biased. I live in Pennsylvania. Our state college crew is the best around. Of course, I've known them for the better part of two decades, so I'm a little biased there. And yes, of course, they're all working now from home offices and doing online live cover sessions. And I'll make a prediction. This year, we're going to set an all-time record with online cover sessions. It's probably going to go through the roof. All right. Now, having said that, if you really want to get things rolling for this spring, uh, looking ahead to next year, you might want to contact your Jostens representative to say, can we get a time slot with a Jostens artist to start working on our cover for next year? Because at some point, there might be a lot of jockeying for position. We have a good number of artists, but of course, there's only so many hours in a day. And no, they don't work at 2 o'clock in the morning. Doesn't work that way, okay? So I'd say contact your Jocelyn's representative if you're interested to say, hey, we'd like to, we'd like to do an online session with a cover artist sometime soon. Now, here's one thing we do need you to do. Get together with your group. Brainstorm. Okay, here's our theme maybe for next year. Post-coronavirus, oh, that might be an interesting theme, but anyway. Theme, cover idea, basic look, you know, look around for examples and ideas and so on. 
get that information to your representative in advance of your day so that they can uh, forward it on to the artist so they have a little something to go on before you all log on on the big day and time. That's always a good thing. I know that our artists, they really don't want to start cold. They really don't like that. They prefer to start with something. And in some cases, they may actually start work on an idea so that when you log in with them, it's like, hey, he started something. Hey, that's really great. Or, man, she did something really awesome there. Yeah. Or you might say, nah, that's not what we're thinking about. Okay, let's switch it up. All right. So online cover sessions, if you think you really need that and you want to get a real jump on things for next year, we're ready. We're waiting. They're ready to go. Contact your Johnson's representative to get that set up for you. All right, final segment here as we talk about ideas and inspiration now and into next year. And I want to start with this segment off by giving a plug, free plug for our hardworking folks from Jostin's Renaissance Education. Now, hopefully every school out there that works with Jostin's has at least heard of Jostin's Renaissance. Website, jostinsrenaissance.com. If somehow you still don't know what I'm talking about, Take a few minutes, go online, jostinsrenaissance.com, and do a little searching. I think you will be amazed, especially if you're a teacher, an educator. You're going to be amazed at what's there. Brief little history. This is not some new flash-in-the-pan idea to sell more books or get more business. No, absolutely not. Here's the backstory here. This goes back to the mid-1980s. And the idea of what eventually became known as Renaissance started at a school in South Carolina with a rather disgruntled high school principal who did not like the culture and climate of his school. He didn't like it at all. And he decided something needs to change. And so he started doing different things. And at some point, he kind of linked up with his local Jostin's representative friend. And the two of them worked together. And at some point, the representative went to the main company, Jostens, to say, hey, you know, see what we're doing down here. This is pretty cool. And this was in the late 80s, and Jostens took a look and said, hey, that is, you got some good ideas there about improving the climate and culture of any school, not just high schools, middle schools, elementaries, even at the college level, private schools, public schools, doesn't matter, any school. And here's an interesting observation for right now. Those schools out there that are doing pretty well with their online learning, with morale and so on, there's the key word. They have good morale at their school, students and staff faculty. Well, again, what we call staffalty. The schools that don't have good morale, culture and climate there, eh, not that great. I would bet money they are the schools that are really struggling right now. Kids don't have buy-in to their school. Maybe a lot of staff people, frankly, don't have buy-in to their school. And they're struggling mightily right now. Meanwhile, the schools that have good culture and climate and morale and school spirit, they're probably doing much better at this point. That is the importance of climate and culture. And so Justin's Renaissance has been around for 30 years now, three decades 
of trying to show schools great ideas from across the country on how to improve the climate and culture of your school. And if you go to JostensRenaissance.com, now we've kind of refigured the homepage, especially for this situation that we're in right now. A lot of materials. Our Harbor Online video series is simply stunning. Uh, host Mike Smith, who is an amazing fellow, he and his team for six years now have been putting together these episodes, all short, about hot topics for teens today of all kinds. We now have well over 150 episodes to choose from, and they are all what we call evergreen. They're not dated. They're all perfectly usable. If you go back to the first season of The Harbor, there are episodes there that can be used right now. Hopefully your school's already using them. Jostens has opened this library up for any school out there to use. Anybody. So if you're interested and somehow don't know about this, contact your Jostens representative. They can get you the login information, and then you can use this stuff right now. For a, At least for the foreseeable future, it's going to be wide open to anybody. Normally it's just for Jostens schools, and that will continue. Uh, also... Let me uh, give a salute to what I call the Doctors Campbell. That would be Phil and Tara Campbell, husband and wife. They are two of our Jostens Renaissance leaders. And for weeks now, they have been doing something live online that we call Motivation Mondays and Graduation Fridays. These have been live events on Facebook and Twitter, 12 noon Eastern time on Mondays and Fridays. Motivation Monday just has lots of great ideas on motivating kids and teachers and schools in this crisis uh, online and so on. Tons of ideas for anybody to check out. Graduation Fridays is all about graduation. It's all about seniors and again this year that they've been cheated out of. They've been sharing graduation ideas, prom ideas, lots of different ideas, especially aimed at seniors. Now, anybody can tune into this. If you're a Facebook person, www.facebook.com slash Renaissance is the address. If you're more of a Twitter person, www.twitter.com slash capital J underscore capital R Renaissance. All right, so facebook.com slash Renaissance or twitter.com slash big J underscore Renaissance. Noon Eastern Time, 9 Pacific, Mondays at noon, Fridays at noon, and then, of course, all the Harbor stuff. Our folks are leading, which makes me thrilled. We're, in my line of work doing this for over 20 years, a word that I just despise is the word vendor. I'll be honest with you. I hate that word. A vendor reminds me of a vending machine. We've used those, right? You put the coins in, you push a button or two, plop comes your candy bar, plop comes your can of soda or your bag of chips, and then you leave. That's what a vendor does. Sells you stuff and takes your money. We at Jostens have always prided ourselves as being partners to schools, and Jostens Renaissance Education is the number one way that we do that. If you have not checked that out, please do. We still have our fingers firmly crossed that our annual Jostens Renaissance National Conference will happen in mid-July this year in Anaheim, California. Now, it may not happen. It may get canceled like so many other things have. But right now here in April, we still have our fingers crossed that somehow we can get out from under this, maybe in the month of June, 
And I think if we can do it, we'll probably have record attendance at JRNC this year because people are going to want to get together, share stories, find ways to improve their climate and culture, especially those schools that are really struggling right now. Need more information? Again, JostensRenaissance.com. All the information is there. I do not think we have turned on registration for JRNC yet because we want to make sure it actually happens. All right, so don't be booking hotels and plane flights. No, not yet. But hopefully, hopefully, fingers firmly crossed, we'll get together in mid-July, and if we do, it is going to be one heck of a bash. It's going to be incredible. And now finally for this episode, all right, I've been talking and talking and talking. Hopefully you've been doing some note-taking and just enjoying the listening and so on. Let's talk about the future. Now, I mentioned this, I believe, at the very start. There is no doubt the world has changed. Not the world is changing. The world has changed. Whenever we eventually go back to school, if that's August or September or whenever, when people walk in, students and scaffoldy, when they walk into that building, it's going to feel strange. Because in so many places, they were stuck at home for who knows how many months trying to do online learning and maybe just sort of surviving. We're going to go back to school and it's going to feel so different. Some things will return to normal, but some things absolutely will not. They're going to be different from this point forward. What? I have no idea. Probably things involving technology. My thought, again, my favorite line, when life gives you lemons, make some lemonade. Hopefully a lot of folks are making lemonade out there right now. And as we go forward into the future, instead of everything being totally classroom-oriented, okay, classroom, yes, but now an online component to go along with the classroom stuff. I think that is now inevitable at any school out there, even elementaries. There needs to be that combination of the two things. Again, a lot of things are going to change. Are you going to shake hands in the future? I know some people that won't. They'll, they'll, they'll not shake hands anymore. Are you going to wear a mask everywhere you go? Even after this is lifted, I predict there are going to be people, they're going to wear masks everywhere they go now. Grocery store, shopping mall, uh, Walmart, public area, out for a walk. Doesn't matter. From here on out, they are always going to wear a mask because of fear that something might be out there that I could catch. All right? Things are going to change. How will your school change? If you haven't started thinking about that, it's time. It's time to start thinking about it right now. There are a lot of schools out there that do what's usually called one-to-one, where every kid gets a computer, laptop. Could be a Chromebook. Could be an iPad, could be a MacBook, could be, uh, I've seen, uh, I've got one school I work with, every kid gets a Dell machine or a laptop or maybe something else, all right? Meanwhile, there are some schools out there that still haven't gone that route. Prediction, they're all going to go that route because you've probably heard stories, maybe in your town, of kids who they can't do online learning because they literally can't do it. They don't have a machine. They don't have internet service and so on. There is another one that's going to change. Either by force or by shame, 
everybody out there should have internet, good internet service at their home. Maybe not super stupendous, super ultra fast, but at least good, dependable internet service at their home. These internet companies are either going to be forced to do it, or they're going to be shamed into doing it. Or maybe somehow local governments will find a way to do it, or local school districts will find a way to do it. That is another prediction for the future. I say within two years, that's going to happen. One-to-one everywhere and internet service everywhere. Could be this new 5G stuff that people, you know, that's being rolled out by the phone companies and so on. Maybe it's going to be that, but it's going to be something. There's going to be changes. And when it comes to our yearbooking efforts, again, there must be changes for the future. Up until now, virtually every school out there, their yearbook has been about groups and events. And it's interesting. Do a little inventory when you get a chance sometime. Take a look back at your last 10 years of yearbooks. And I would almost bet money that except for the people being different and maybe for the page layouts being different and so on, your coverage every year, year in and year out, is exactly the same. Same type of look, same type of reporting, same organization, same basic layout, and so on. And again, what we have discovered this spring is that groups and events can be canceled. People, however, can never be canceled. And so one of my hopes for the future is that a lot of yearbooks will get away from just the same old, same old events and groups, events and groups, and will start to swing over to more reporting about people and what they're doing. Stories. Here's a quick example. Baseball team. Instead of just plopping down pictures of the baseball team and a big team photo and some paragraph about what they did, how about a little brief story about the star pitcher or something about the coach? Maybe you have a freshman just phenom player. This guy's great. Something about him or other players or something that happened on a, on a team trip to somewhere, to a game. More about people, less about events and groups. Now, again, we're telling stories about the people in the events and groups, but we found that events and groups can get canceled. Let's start to tell more stories about the people of our school. That's what we need to do. More about individuals, less about, well, this was homecoming week. Picture, 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 picture. There's no stories in there. Tell me something about the homecoming queen. Tell me something about the, the princesses, you know, the other girls and so on. Tell me something about, you know, how they were chosen. Tell me something about the homecoming uh, assembly where the girls had to do some silly stunt or something like that. Tell me about those things. Not just picture, 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 plop, plop, plop. It's about people. A yearbook is ultimately the story about people. And so with the people that I work with, And for anybody else who will listen, I hope that that transition starts to happen so that in the future, if there's some weather event or, God forbid, another virus shows up and we have to go through this again somehow, I hope not, but somehow, and things again get canceled, it's not, oh, we got empty pages, what are we going to do? Well, now we know. We're going to put stories of people on there. For this spring, absolutely, please tell me, that you're reporting on your spring sports teams. Well, wait a minute. They didn't have a season. Doesn't matter. They got started in most places around the country. They at least had maybe a one or two weeks of practice before they got started. Their, Their coaches had their plans and all that sort of thing. And then poof, 
everything got pulled, but there's still some stories there. Again, especially high schools, those seniors who are being cheated out of their senior season. Please don't uh, ignore them or treat them like they never existed. They did exist. They want to be remembered. So there should be a softball page in your book and a baseball page and a track page, maybe a lacrosse page or a tennis page or some other spring sport. Please tell me you haven't ignored them. You can still put them in your fall book or maybe in your spring supplement because those folks deserve to be remembered as a member of that team. And here's some things that we did or some things that we were going to do that unfortunately this craziness cut short. Please tell me you're doing that. Also, keep in mind, very simply, when I talk about storytelling, I get a lot of kids who give me an eye roll, like, oh, no, he wants me to write and write and write. Oh, no. You can tell somebody's story with a picture and a good caption. A good caption is more than one line, maybe two or three, maybe with a quote in there somewhere. And the picture doesn't have to be big. It can be kind of small, like a series of them. You can tell somebody's story with a picture and a caption, something as simple as that. And then when they're in the yearbook, that person is going to feel extra special because you took the time to tell their story, even if it's just in a corner of one page. Now, hopefully you do more than once on a, a particular kid, but right there, just that. So hopefully, no matter what the future holds, weather, viruses, uh, worse, okay? And yes, there is worse out there when you think about it. No matter what happens, you will never be caught without great material to put into your yearbook every single year. Why? Because that's what our readers really want. They want stories about themselves and their friends and the people they know or the people in their class or the team that they're on or the club that they're a member of and the things that they did, not just a team photo or a group photo and a bunch of names and that's it. I always say, well, what did the club do this year? And usually I get a blank stare. I don't know. We want to tell the stories of those people in our book. Much more about people, a little bit less about just events and groups. That is my hope for a change for your booking in the future. In the meantime, I appreciate you listening. This one went a bit long, a lot of things to cover here, but hopefully you got some good advice, some good ideas, and I'll leave you with just one more. And uh, even if you're a non-Jostin school, keep this in mind, your Jostin's representative is filled with these ideas, and they have a team behind them with even more ideas, like our CAMs that I mentioned earlier. Lots of creative people. Our Jostin's artists are the best out there. Use them. Contact them. Say, hey, can you help me out with an idea? Even if you're a non-Jostens advisor, contact them. Drop them an email. Drop them a line. And don't be surprised when you get some really good advice coming back. Because we care about our work that much. Folks, I appreciate you listening. Thanks again for listening to the Your Booking Report podcast.